0: Welcome in. It's the return of the BCJ podcast here on BearcatJournal.com. I am Chad Brendel. Got a big show for you today. We will be joined in the second half of the show by David Simone to talk some spring football. Uh, get a recap of that in with the spring game uh, two weeks ago and get everybody caught up with uh, with where this team is at as they head into the summer. But first, the last two weekends have been open evaluation periods on the AAU trail I, unfortunately, was not out uh, in the spring for the first time in, I think, 10 years. And one person that greatly appreciated the fact that he didn't have to stand and talk to me at events over the past two weekends is one Brian Snow, National Recruiting Analyst for 247sports.com. Brian, how delightful was it not to have to deal with me these past two weekends?
1: Honestly, it made, it made my sprint. <laughs>
0: I mean, we've had some fun over the years. Now, come on. Yeah. There's. there's how about that time we discovered Anthony Davis? Remember that?
1: Oh yeah, we We discovered him. His mother had nothing; she didn't even know he existed. But we, you know, we did.
0: The funny part about that is, is everybody talks about that they they knew Anthony Davis existed when all of us were sitting together and we made Broering go over. This was his first summer, right there, spring on the road. We made him go over and get the name off the scorer's book because we were all like, "Who the hell is that?"
1: We just wanted to make sure.
0: Yeah. So if they tell you that they knew about Anthony Davis before that weekend or one or weekend. Well, we actually,
1: hold on, out. hold on. We actually knew he existed.
0: Right. We just, we just had, had never actually, actually seen him. Yeah. It was more like, that really can't be who they said that. This, yeah. this kid's the best kid in the class. He's <laughs> like, not kind of good. He's amazing.
1: He was a top five player by halftime. And it was like, <laughs> this just doesn't make sense. <laughs> Let's double check this before we go stupid here. Yeah.
0: That kid was six foot one 18 months ago. Okay. Yeah. Right. You're full of it. Um but uh the spring carried on without me and because Brian was out on the road uh over the past two weekends along with uh everybody else from the now massive 24/7 Sports National Recruiting Team uh largest national recruiting team in the country, right Brian? <laughs>
1: it certainly is.
0: Um it, Brian was able to to gather some information and and get his eyes on quite a few guys that the Bearcats are interested in, so I wanted to have him on today uh to give some uh, thoughts and some uh, some breakdown on maybe where he thinks some things stand as we come out of the spring. Brian obviously with Cincinnati uh it looks like their main target coming out of the spring is DeKavian uh, is it Kaikai? Kai? Like is that how he it, Kiki Kiki Kiki, Kiki. What well, just K I K I like Kiki Vandaway.
1: K K Y yeah. K Y Kiki Candy
0: I just, he's just KY, KY doesn't sound like Kiki. It sounds like Kai Kai, but Kiki Tandy uh, out of Hopkinsville, Kentucky. Um, he's a guy that Mick Cronin uh, Antoine Jackson has been on for, for quite some time. Mick Cronin has now taken a heavy load. Uh, also in this recruitment, they were at pretty much all of his games this spring. Uh, and he has mentioned them as the team that uh, if they're not recruiting them the hardest, they're one of the t- schools recruiting him the hardest. Um, what's your thoughts on Tandy and, uh, his game first, uh, how he is as a player.
1: You know, he's kind of a kid. I put this on the message board when I watched him, he reminds me so much of Mark Lyons who played at Xavier. He's a two and a one's body, super explosive, super strong, and just can score and can score in a variety of different ways. Isn't like a great shooter, but you got to guard him from three. You know, he can get to the rim, he's explosive, he finishes, he's good in the mid-range. But at the same time, he kind of thinks he's a point guard, but really doesn't have good feel for the game. So he's a kid you just kind of want to get the ball to and tell him to be your bucket getter. And then he's so strong and explosive, he can get places where he wants.
0: Um, Motor, toughness, uh, all those things that kind of are Cincinnati basketball. Not uh, in question. Not not in question with this kid at all.
1: No, no, that is that is not in question um even a little bit
0: yeah well, one and and one of the things i like uh plays for team thad which is, for the people that that aren't close to the aau scene that is probably top three and hardest playing teams every year uh,
1: yeah they they demand motor toughness and play hard there's no question about that
0: um the, the, the point guard thing can he can he develop into a point guard or is it just something that even, he can if, become,
1: he's, even he can if he's a
0: secondary point, ball handler, he's, he's a bucket getter.
1: Yeah. He can become point guard ish, but he just, you know, it's just not natural for him. And usually when it, you don't, usually you don't learn to become a point guard. You kind of born with it and he wasn't born with it. So he's always going to be best off the ball. Now, can he play it at times? Yeah, he can, you know, certainly for 10 minutes a game as a backup, but if he's your starting point guard especially early in his career it's probably not going to be pretty because you're not going to be getting what you want out of your sets he's not going to be you know doing that sort of thing he's not going to make he doesn't make other players better and, th- and that's not a knock on him that's just a reality of his game he can he can really score and he plays hard he will you know he doesn't guard right now but he will guard and but you know being the extension of a coach not really his deal
0: yeah, I mean, and that th- there's nothing wrong with that. That's not how every guy is wired. You, and you, yeah. need, you, know, you need guys, especially the way that college basketball has gone now, you need guys that can put the ball in the basket. And everything it tends I mean, to lead to wins. It, it, it does point – generally, outscoring your opponent is, um, is good. It's advisable. It's, it's, it's advisable. Um, but you can let him kind of come along in that fashion. Um, in terms of his recruitment – He speaks very highly of Cincinnati, obviously, um, with Mick Cronin being heavily involved already, that's a good sign in terms of showing the kid that, that he's one of your priority guys. Uh, but we've got Iowa state, Tennessee involved. Um, and everybody wants to know about obviously his dad, and I keep saying, obviously I got, I've been out of podcast practice, Brian, I'm falling back on my crutches, um, (laughs) his dad has made the comment that he's not going to go to Kentucky and be the fourth or fifth guard, whatever that ends up meaning in the long run. Uh, and Louisville is, has uh, shown some interest as well. Um, where do you think his recruitment stands and does it change if say a Kentucky or a Louisville offer pop up?
1: You know, every kid's going to say, no, it won't change. I think the reality is, is yes, it would. Um, You know, at the end of the day, if Kentucky offers a kid, if they offer, it's because they think they're going to get him. Right. Like Kentucky's not offering an in state kid not to get him. That's just not happening. So if they offer, it means they know they're getting them. Louisville, uh, you know, Mac recruited him fairly hard at Xavier. You know, he visited, I think, a couple times, at least once. So there's a pre existing relationship there, but there's a reason he hasn't offered yet. And it's not like he hasn't seen Kiki Tandy play. So, you know, I don't necessarily know where Louisville stands there. I'm not sure if they know where they stand. But, you know, right now I kind of think Tennessee's in there, Cincinnati, Iowa State, you know, uh, much like Mick, Steve Prome has has uh, ties to the area being the head coach at Murray. right? So, you know, he's familiar as well. But Kiki doesn't strike me as a kid who would decide before July. But I wouldn't completely rule it out.
0: Yeah, and this sounds like it's going to be him and his dad, and his dad is, um, what did Kiki tweet yesterday, that his dad's not LeVar Ball, he just cares about the well-being of his son. <laughs> his, his dad's not quite a LeVar Ball character, but his dad is definitely going to be, uh, probably it, it'll be him and his dad making this decision.
1: Yeah, that's going to be pretty pretty straightforward.
0: Yeah, not a lot of uh, outside influence, I wouldn't think, on that one. Um, So... You know, Cincinnati's in a good spot with him. Uh, I think it's pretty clear he's been their number one guy. He was the guy that that they tracked the hardest through the first two evaluation periods. And that typically is a pretty good sign, Snow, uh, correct?
1: Well, you know, obviously Mick doesn't like to lose kids. So, you know, it means he thinks he feels pretty good about it, which means something. But, again, it'll be kind of interesting to see. In what direction this deal goes, and how long it goes, and everything like that.
0: I, I forgot to ask at the beginning, um, how drastically different was uh, the AAU scene these past two weekends after the uh, the NCAA Commission uh, tried to damn it to hell?
1: Uh, was pretty much the same. <laughs> it was pretty much the same,
0: minus the peace of not ha- peace and calm, and not having me around. Everything else was pretty much the exact same, huh? Funny, yeah. How that, funny mean, how that works. And, and it,
1: and it's funny, for, for all the talk about how AAU is the devil, I saw Jamal Mashburn, I saw Jawan Howard, Kenyon Martin, Scottie Pippen, they all feel that their son should play AAU. So I, I kind of find it odd that all these really good basketball players, that's a lot of co- career earnings. Like, hey, you know, this AAU thing, it's pretty good for my kid.
0: You would think they would have sent their kids to Europe by now.
1: Yeah. It's truly amazing, truly amazing that you know. NBA guys are like, hey, this is actually pretty good. I'm going to show up. I'm going to hang out. I'm going to let my kid have fun and play basketball.
0: No, I
2: don't, don't
0: want that. I don't know, Brian. I'm watching these NBA playoffs. There's more talent than ever in the NBA, and it came from somewhere. I'm pretty sure it was guys that over the past, 10, 15 years we've watched play AAU, almost all of them. So
1: Nope, nope. They all they all developed in Europe somehow. <laughs> Literally, Chad, think about this. There is no country in no sport outside of American football in the world, and the only reason America produces more football players than any other sport is because we're the only country that plays it. But in terms of a world sport, there is no country in the world that produces a higher percentage of the elite players than the USA does in basketball.
0: Correct, and and they all play Yet AAU. Doing it all wrong. They all play a- a- AAU, and the system is completely broken and needs remodeled by the NCAA because full faith in anything that they would get their hands on.
2: <laughs> uh,
0: but I don't. I digress. I don't want to turn it into a thirty-minute rant on that, which I, I very easily could. Um, did Dickie V show up though? You invited No, him. he
1: didn't. He didn't take me up on my offer to fly. I would have flown him up. I probably would have even flown him first class, but you know, he, he decided he'd like to talk about something that he hasn't been to in 20 years. And by the way, the only time he used to go was when he got paid to do it.
0: <laughs> it's interesting how that works, isn't it? Hmm. Huh. Um, other guys that Cincinnati is involved with. Um, let's start with uh, Samir Torrance point guard out of New York. Uh, it plays for City Rocks, We're a very talented City Rocks team. He's kind of um, been a little bit more of a in a glue guy facilitator role than he was in high school. Uh, but he's a guy Cincinnati likes a lot as well. Um, I don't know how many times you got to see them, but what do you think about Samir Torrance?
1: You know, he, he was good. Uh, he's long. He's a good athlete. He's a tough kid. It's weird. You, you see him in different settings and you can have a completely different eval of him. Sometimes you think he's more of a combo guard. Sometimes you think he's a pass-first guard with a high IQ. Um, I like him, long arms, tough kid. Uh, will he move to 2019? We'll find out in time. But he's a good athlete. I don't think he's a great athlete, but he's a big physical guard, someone that can you know, fill a variety of different roles.
0: Yeah, and that's, I think, the biggest question for him right now is, is he a combo or is he a point? And it's interesting because that's – Kind of what I've heard as well. Some games, he you know, it shows in the numbers as well. Some games you'll look and he's, you know, six, seven, eight assists. Uh, in other games, it's a little bit more um, combo guard than point guard. But that's not necessarily a bad problem to have in that you can kind of go back and forth between both at this point in his career.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it's, not, it's just kind of when identifying a scouting report, you know, you're just trying to identify a scouting report. It's not a positive or a negative.
0: Right. Um another guy from New York that they uh they have some interest in, Tyson Etienne. Uh, maybe the most unfortunate guy in all of AAU basketball right now.
1: Because yeah, he's playing. He's, he's a point he guard. Plays. He's
0: play- what he's playing behind Cole Anthony. Is there any argument for Cole Anthony as the number 1 player in the country?
1: There's an argument. I wouldn't make it cuz I've seen him lay too many just complete duds. <laughs> but there's an argument you could make. Yes.
0: That's a rough spot, and they also have another kid that plays Tyson. Um, I can't remember the kid, but they've got another smaller, stockier kid that plays point guard for them as well. Uh, so from what I've heard, Etienne has been playing kind of the three for that team, which doesn't necessarily uh, do great in, in showcasing your point guard skills, but he's still uh, he's picking up offers from uh, Seton Hall, DePaul, Illinois, Minnesota, Cincinnati, uh so he's not uh he's at least holding his own playing out of position a little bit with Cole Anthony.
1: Yeah, you know, he uh he's a again, a, it's a theme here, but he's a tough guard, likes to play downhill, you know, I didn't think he was a point guard, but of course he didn't play like he was a point guard, so that's fairly natural not to think that. Um but you know, he's a solid kid. He didn't he didn't blow me away, but I thought he's a kid, you know, upper-mid-major, lower-high-major kid who you hope as a junior and senior develops into a good starter for you.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, you know, the, the feeling with him is he, he played for Long Island Lutheran, um, so he's played on a team that's pretty solid um, in high school, and then a little different in terms uh, of his AAU team, because that's, you know, that's a team that's getting pretty much everybody uh, getting an eye on them, um, over the first two weekends, just because of Cole Anthony, uh, but it'll be interesting. I, I heard it. And maybe you'll you'll agree or disagree with this. Somebody today compared him to Dion Dixon, former Cincinnati Bearcat. Thoughts?
1: Yeah, I'm not seeing that. Okay. Dion was. I know his numbers didn't really indicate it in college all the time, but in high school, Dion was a much better, like, shooter, pure scorer. I think people underrate how good Dion was coming out because, quite honestly, for a while, no one thought he would qualify.
0: Yeah, and, and Cincinnati kind of popped in and got that done late, but still, um, I don't know. I, I haven't seen Tyson enough uh, to really get a good feel for it. The little bit I've seen uh, – a guy that seems like he would he would fit pretty well, but not really 100% sure on that. Now, um, I was looking through and trying not to ask you about guys that you didn't see. Um, have you seen Greg Gant?
1: He's a bad, bad man.
0: Okay. That's one that like. Cincinnati offered him a long time ago. They've been involved for a while. I don't know how good their position is, but they've at least been in there for a while on him.
1: He is really damn good. I can tell you that much. I I think he'll have virtually his choice of any school, maybe just shy of Duke and Carolina.
0: Similar to the kid from Florida last year that blew up that they were on as well. Uh, Not necessarily little, but the, the thicker kid played for Florida. Played Under Armour. Why is his name escaping me completely right now? Big combo forward.
1: Um kid who went to LSU yeah him yeah I mean it's similar that it could happen there Greg's more of a wing than he is okay so but yeah Greg's a true wing to me uh again I I think he's got a chance to be a top 50 player in the country and you know Providence was there Virginia Tech was there when I saw those are the two schools I personally have heard the most also I know this is a kid he's like a 4.0 kid yeah. So, you know, you never know if Stanford's going to drop in or someone like that.
0: Um, Jalen Williams, six foot I mean, six he,
1: swing out of Georgia. It was funny. I was talking to a coach about him today and he, he compared him. He goes, I think he's kind of like a Gary Clark. That's a good um, thing. Yeah. He's like, I don't know if he'll be as good. I was like, well, keep in mind, Gary Clark wasn't as good back then either. Um, but, yeah, he's just kind of a slightly undersized power forward, but is long, athletic, and gets stuff done as a good rebounder. You know, he was one of the best players over the weekend down in Atlanta. So Jalen Williams is someone got really like. Cincinnati's in there. Xavier's in there. Georgia, Louisville, trying to remember who else. Uh, Alabama. Like I think Alabama, Florida State. You know, there, there's a lot involved with Jalen Williams right now. I think that one's going to be a a longer process than a shorter process. But, you know, he's certainly a very good player, and he's the type of player that you win league titles with.
0: Uh, A guy that they probably don't have a a great deal of uh, an opportunity with, but they're at least in the mix at this point in time. Kofi Cockburn, 6'11", 248 pounds, instant all-name team, first-team selection, Um, maybe if he's
1: 248 pounds (laughs) I'm like 175
0: he's listed at 248 there might be a there might be a couple um, digits wrong in the 10th the 10th position
1: yeah as I said unless I'm about 180 now um, I would say he's closer to 280 than (laughs) to than 248 but you know it is what it is you know he's he's one thing and I say that but Kofi has gotten into better shape in the last year. He's just a massive, massive human being, though. And he's running the court better. He's got good hands. He he likes to dunk the basketball, which is always a key. Um, he's a so,
0: huge fan of dunking the
1: basketball. Big fan of dunking the basketball. So, you know, he, he was good this week as well. Um, that recruitment's going to be very much a longer process. And I think a lot of heavy hitters will be thoroughly involved there as well.
0: Yeah, I know Kansas is already kind of sniffing around. Um, he seems like a guy to me, like North, a North Carolina guy, uh, in terms of like the big physical low post guys that they've had. I don't know yeah. that, that they would want to go through everything that that one, you know, all the twists and turns that that one could possibly take. But, yeah, there's there's going to be – this is not a class with with many – guys with size that are any presence around the rim
1: and he is certainly that
0: he is very much that they they also and I don't know how much they tracked him this week have you seen Isaac Okoro
1: he's he might be the best perimeter defender in the class um that would be you a know, good fit for Cincinnati. yeah Auburn has kind of always been the leader there but you thought he was going to commit at the beginning of the year that didn't happen you know before Mark Fox got fired you heard Georgia was really involved think Georgia Techs involved. That one, you know, he just doesn't shoot it well at all, but he can really guard. He's a tough kid, he's a good athlete. And he and he gets to the rim. Again, that one's striking me as a longer decision as opposed to a shorter one.
0: Um a name that they offered this weekend, James Bishop from Baltimore. Bucket getter. And he had a 43-point game, I think.
1: Yeah. Th- yeah, this is a kid I saw last year and I was surprised as little interest as he had. And he plays for Team Thrill out of Baltimore, which is sponsored by Will Barton. And uh, he just he can get buckets. He's six foot one, and he's more of like a true combo now. He's actually developed some point guard skills. Ah, uh, but again, this is just a dude who gets buckets.
0: Any feel for that one, or it's still way too early because he's just it, now starting to blow up.
1: You know, so many schools are coming in. I, I think he's going to take a step back and try to figure out kind of what the heck is going on.
0: Yeah, and it makes sense when a kid kind of has that type of performance. You see it every spring. All of a sudden, the kid is just inundated with, with things that were never on his plate before.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's quite honestly a good thing for the kid. Kind of have your opportunities and decide yeah. what's best for you. And One last one, and I don't
0: think you've you've seen this. Maybe you did in, in high school, although I don't think you would have caught Choktawada Hachi Senior High School out of Fort Walton Beach, Florida. Um, Deontay Smith that plays for One Family Hoops. Uh, did, did you get a chance? Have you ever seen him, or is that a new I one? I have
1: not seen him. I know he's adding offers left and right, though.
0: Yeah. I know that was one. Um, Mick started out in Atlanta, and one of the reasons he started out in Atlanta was to get a look from that kid. And they offered that Friday—you know—they offered Friday night. Um, so obviously, he liked what he saw. But that one is going to be another one that just happens every spring. Certain certain names blow up in that first weekend. Everybody goes to see him. By the second weekend, and they pick up twenty-five offers.
1: Yep so it's the nature of the beast
0: yep that's just how it goes well uh are you are you going to enjoy uh, you're you getting like two and a half home weekends in a row which is bad for your uh frequent flyer miles but good for mostly getting to sleep in your own bed for the first part of april and may
1: yeah but i want my points
0: <laughs> Spees uh, or not yeah uh yeah Spees Fieldhouse this weekend uh, right?
1: Yeah, I'll be there in all my greatness and glory.
0: That's the one I I always – and it's it's interesting that I love that event so much because over the past like four years, they haven't really recruited much of the Midwest. So I haven't had a whole lot to do. Maybe that's why I've liked it uh, as much as I have. But <laughs> it's always one of my favorite events every year up at Peace in Fort Wayne. So uh, get some Oli's Pizza for me.
1: I've never been there.
0: Oh, it's so good. It's like – It's like 15 minutes away from the arena Like it's on the way out of town basically If you're going back to Indy Which if I could could give you a recommendation What I would do Is I would order it when you're leaving the field house Get it on the way out of town When you're driving down um, The interstate And then it'll be ready to eat when you get home It's phenomenal It's like a mix between like Chicago deep dish And like a million toppings It's so good
1: intriguing
0: so give that a shot Oli's pizza other than that Sounds good. Uh, enjoy the time at the uh, the Space field house and thanks for coming on it is greatly appreciated and uh, if we have any more questions as the spring rolls on and we get into the summer I will give you a call again and have you back on but the good news is Brian I do think I'll be on the road from the summer so for the summer so you're not going to get away from me the entire AAU season this year that's unfortunate on your end.
1: I'll find out where you are and I'll go other places.
0: You've got like six other guys to send to wherever I am. So you don't have to be there. So that there's, that's a good look for you now that you didn't have before. Facts. <laughs> All right, snow. Thanks a lot. No problem. And special. Thanks again to twenty seven seven sports, national college basketball recruiting analyst, Brian snow for joining us on the podcast. And now we turn our attention to the football squad. Um, it's a, it's been a couple weeks, so we don't want to necessarily harp on the, the re the recap and the day to day of what happened in spring football, but I thought it would be a good time to kind of reset and give us a look at where we think this team is heading into the summer. Uh, what we think we're going to see when we get into uh, spring or, or summer camp, when that kicks off at camp higher ground, um, late July, early August. So fresh off the driving range the man that runs the Bearcat Journal Twitter account and also does a great deal helping out on the football side of things for BearcatJournal.com. Welcome in none other than my main man, David Simone. David, how are you?
2: I'm wonderful. What a a glowing,
0: glowing introduction. Did you you hit it well today at the driving range? Or is it still too early Uh, in the season? No, it's actually
2: uh, not too bad. It was, uh, it was a good good range session.
0: Better golfer, Mr. Simone or Miss Simone?
2: Uh, well, considering tonight was the first time she'd ever hit a golf ball, I'm going to go in myself. <laughs> but uh, I was actually somewhat impressed. She held her, first, her own, first-timer. huh? First <laughs> timer, yeah.
0: That's good to hear. Let's get into before
2: Before we get into football, though, I don't think we've spoken – in the podcast form, since a tragedy bestruck the American Athletic Conference, as I will not be able to make fun of Kevin Ollie again, and it just crushes my soul. I mean,
0: that was the most inevitable thing on the planet.
2: Of course, but it still doesn't lessen my sadness that I will not be able to to watch him coach basketball for the Connecticut Huskies well, anymore. Yeah, and, and I, I have a dilemma
0: with them now.
2: Yeah, you kind of like, you know, are, are acquaintances with their new uh, head ball coach.
0: I, I would go as far as calling us friends. I'm friends
2: with Danny Hurley. So, so I now you have to pull like the I hope you lose only to UC crap, or... I, I, or only when it, like, benefits you see. Yeah, so it, it, yeah, It broadens it a little bit more than just, you know, twice a year, three times a year. We were, I totally get
0: it. We were texting back and forth when he got the job. I congratulated him. I said, Coach, I, I generally pull for you in every game that you coach, but now I have to hope you lose three times a year since they play three times a year, almost guaranteed. And uh, he just laughed and said, you know, you got to do what you got to do and then he sent me something derogatory about Andy Dalton. So, well,
2: another thing that I don't know if our loyal listeners know that he is a huge Bengals fan.
0: Maybe the biggest Bengals fan I've ever met.
2: That's a little ridiculous.
0: Dude, I'm telling you like when I see him on the road, the only thing he wants to talk about is the Bengals. <laughs> it's insane. And Generally, um, the draft is on an open recruiting weekend every year. Like right. We will sit and talk about the draft as the draft is happening. Did they do what he wanted them to do in the first round or or what direction he thought they should go? Um, he always wants them to draft a quarterback. <laughs> he, <laughs> he, Danny Hurley is not an Andy Dalton guy. I'll tell you that he's right not,
2: He's not alone in, in that uh, opinion.
0: But – I, I'm 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 torn in, in that that now because I I kind of have to be a, a bit of a UConn guy. Um, you know yeah. I'm not going to pull for them to win the conference or anything insane like that. But Danny's a great guy. Um, if 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 you were at um for the people that were at, at Mohegan Sun uh last year for the Hall of Fame Tip Off Classic, and we got to we were standing around talking with him. Um, the night after they beat Cincinnati and we stood there, we probably talked to him for two hours, uh, just, just a great, great, great guy. And, uh, really happy for him because I think he is going to do very big things at UConn. Uh, the guy can recruit, the guy can coach, um, and having him. And I think Penny Hardaway is going to be a good hire for Memphis. I know it's risky. <laughs> I know it's very risky. Uh, to hire a guy without really any college experience, but I think he's going to do really good things at Memphis. Maybe I end up being well, crazy on that one, but this conference needs those two to be strong again. And I that's think they're the going. Thing to
2: be. Is is we can? I love making fun of UConn and and KO as much as the next guy, but let's be honest: the conference was put together with them and Memphis in mind as being two of the top five teams in the conference every year and outside of Connecticut's year when they somehow won the national championship. But neither program has been anywhere near that. Right. So, you know, all jokes aside, they need we need Danny to work out and we need Anferny to work out. As long as we're in the conference, we need them to be good. Well,
0: yeah, I mean... It's, and I know we're, this is supposed to be a football conversation. We've gone off on a basketball tangent, but that's all right. If if Cincinnati, Wichita State, UConn, and Memphis are perennial tournament teams, and you're backfilling with uh, Houston and and UCF and Temple, SMU, SMU, uh, you know if they get back on track, now you're looking at seven, six, seven, eight teams that can play. And now you're not being talked about as you know uh, an afterthought of a two bid league or a you know a, a maybe three bid league with a bid stealer or something like that. You're back to being talked about right with the Big East and and the other power conferences. And I think both I think both programs made a step in that direction with Penny and with Danny Hurley. So uh, I think a very good off season for the conference, even if we don't see it necessarily this year going forward. I think the conference is in a much better place with what we saw this off season.
2: Right. Did, did you get offered a scholarship by Greg Marshall? Cause I did.
0: <laughs> what the hell are you going to play?
2: Well, what the hell are any of these guys he's recruiting going to play?
0: They're in a bad spot, man. <laughs> They're in a bad spot. Year two in the American athletic conference. They were well yeah, set they- up for year one. They are not in a good spot in year two.
2: No, no. I mean, we'll get into that obviously much more in in the coming months. But yeah, uh, that's a, that's an all time roster. That's like a Memphis two years ago roster turnover. What did McDuff is McDuffie
0: staying in the draft? Have we heard anything on that? I, I'm no.
2: So... <laughs> it going and then everybody else is like, we're out of here, and he secretly quietly like put his name in
0: <laughs> he doesn't have an agent though so he
2: can come back right he can come back but
0: but I mean, I, yeah he's with he him still in the process with him and Reeves that was a situation where they were going to at least have two high-level guys so yeah they were going to be breaking in a ton of new players but they were at least going to have two guys that knew what it took to win Reeves is gone McDuffie will see Man, they're they're in a rough spot for next year. They're, they're gonna. Yeah. They're fortunate that this is that a lot of the talent at the top of the league left. Oh yeah. I mean, they might they might get a break and, and catch the league at just the right time to be restructuring an entire. It's like it's like St. John's. Remember St. John's that year where they had nine seniors. Oh yeah, and basically turned well, over or Tulsa two years Tulsa ago. Tulsa had
2: that two years ago.
0: Yeah. They're in that type of situation, so we'll we'll find out what kind of magic Greg Marshall has. But let's talk football, Dave. Let's talk football. Spring practice is over for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Uh, I guess the biggest news to come out of the spring, which really shouldn't be a surprise, was Ross Trail uh, deciding to transfer. That was pretty evident from very early on in the spring. Um, Hayden Moore, it was pretty clear, was kind of the, the number one guy. Ross Trail was given no separation between him and redshirt freshman Desmond Ritter and true freshman Ben Bryant. Uh, I think the writing was on the wall with those two kids pushing on his heels. Um, that it was it was probably in his best interest to uh, seek other employment, if you will.
2: Yeah, I mean, when we you were basically every practice I saw, uh, you saw the a practice yeah. slash scrimmage and a scrimmage, plus the spring game. And in the scrimmage at Paul Brown Stadium, when Hayden was held out, when he wasn't getting the majority of the number one reps, I think that pretty much told anybody that paid attention what was going on. Um, I mean, I know I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of should he have played, shouldn't he have played. My personal opinion, obviously, never talk to the kid. From all accounts, he seems like a good good guy i just never saw what people wanted to i think tell themselves was there um and i think he benefited from the backup quarterbacks the most popular guy in the team syndrome because when hayden would struggle it was just default to say well we should give ross a try and i'm sitting there going i've seen enough to know that there's a reason they're not giving him a try
0: yeah, I, the one thing that kind of skewed all of that is anytime there was an open... Oh, yeah, he was like he the was, Bobby Brandon, yeah. of practice, he was the greatest practice player ever. Well, not even the greatest practice player, specifically an open scrimmage or an open practice. Or anytime it's the true. public was allowed in to watch, Ross Trail was phenomenal. And then the yeah. public would leave and it would be like, eh, this. where was this guy that we saw... Uh, the other in 14 this, yeah, practices. the other 14 practices. This is not the same dude, so... Um, it, it's unfortunate to see him leave because I think he you know I think he was a, a good part of the program I think he had the respect of the locker room but for me coming out of the spring the biggest takeaway is you've got two young guys in Bryant and Ritter that the future of the program looks a lot better when you consider that you know the next four or five years those two are gonna be at the helm of this program
2: absolutely I mean, both of them have have aspects of their game that just as a you know as a bystander again who only sees a handful of things you can tell you know if these guys can make the progressions that they they're going to have like it's going to be a tough go of it next year just because i mean Dez is only gonna be a redshirt sophomore and Bryant's gonna be a redshirt freshman, so there's not a lot of separation between the two. Someone's gonna win that job, I mean, and UC has a ridiculous track record of not going a full season with a quarterback making it the whole year. Right. Um I think the last time it happened was Ben Mox one of Ben Mox years.
0: He only had one.
2: Um well, then maybe that was it then, because yeah. I know after that that was Grutza and Davila and we, Chaz Anderson and that. Cle- I mean, we've gone over a decade of a quarterback not playing all twelve games. But you know, with those two guys, there's plenty that I saw that you're just like, wow, this is these two guys can can do something when 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 they're given the chance. I don't know if. That's going to be this year, um, but it's going to be sometimes fairly soon.
0: Yeah, and to say that I don't know it's going to be this year, I know that's going to frustrate a lot of people, but Hayden Moore, when he was in there, was clearly ahead of everyone else. And, one, that's to be expected. He damn well better be. Yeah, exactly. He's been here five years. He's played a lot of games so he damn well better be ahead of a red shirt freshman. That's, that's never taken a live snap and a true freshman that was in high school. Right. So, I mean, that, that's just, that's one specific, you know, I know everybody gets worked up when we say that we think, you know, Hayden is the leader in the clubhouse on, on being the starter for this year, but he's got an
2: incredible advantage. Now, well, Go and I, I think, and I've, and I've even said it on the board, that I, I would roll the dice with Dez. <laughs> but I totally, at the exact same time, understand why someone having to make the decision wouldn't. Well, here's my thought process on that.
0: You're coming off two, four, and eight seasons.
2: Exact- yes, exactly. You need...
0: To get winning momentum back in the program, and if if Hayden Moore gives you the best chance to be a six win seven win, eight win team, then you go with Hayden Moore right? because if you go Ritter and there are the the learning curves and and you know the bad throws and the the things that a young quarterback has to learn and develop from, and you take lumps again. You end up at four and eight again You're in a really bad spot I mean like it or not This this program goes four and eight for the third season in a row They're in a really tough
2: spot to dig out of Well and With the offense specifically Outside of the running backs They don't have enough talent around Him to just throw a redshirt freshman Who's never played in there I
0: agree I agree um, I do think he changes. He gives you that other element because I, we saw a couple times, man. He would pull a read option, and next thing you know, he's thirty yards downfield.
2: Like he he does, but there's stab, I'm going to assume there's stabilizing moments, like at UCLA to start the season, right? That it's not like we're rolling Alabama out there in the second half against Georgia. And you put Tua in at quarterback because you're like, well, you could always just hand it to Bo Scarborough and Najee Harris and throw it to Calvin Ridley. Right. And come back and win the game. So, you know, I just, I think a coach is always going to side with his senior quarterback. That's been a starter for two
0: years. Yes. Um, I think that that is about the best we can say on the quarterback situation at, at the moment. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how snaps are divvied up when camp starts, because everybody got even snaps throughout the spring. They did not differentiate when, between one or the uh, any of the quarterbacks.
2: All so you're not adding got, anybody either. You're you're taking someone away, right? So the, no new freshmen's coming in, and you're not. Adding anybody to the mix, you got your four quarterbacks.
0: I mean, unless you know, unless they give Yanez Rogers a shot, which maybe with the transfer yeah. trail you see that. But my guess is you would, you'll see him start at wide receiver. Um, it'll be interesting to see where that goes when he arrives on campus because I don't know that there's right. a a specific answer to that. Um, I think four I'd is. Pretty, I'd be
2: pretty surprised if after. A few practices or a week that if he would still taking reps is like the fifth quarterback. Right.
0: That's what I was going to say. Four is a pretty healthy number of quarterbacks to have. And and, and even if you know, I would guess that that best case scenario they would get the chance to redshirt Ben Bryant. Um, oh,
2: I would want to. I would want to do everything i could to get another year of separation between him and death.
0: i would too i would not in a perfect world you do not have those two kids in the same class because that just puts an immense amount of pressure on both um mm-hmm. and probably ultimately leads in one leaving town right so yeah i would agree with you there um let's go to running back and an interesting spring because uh mike or uh mike boone obviously has, has moved on um <laughs> Jared Dokes is kind of the the heir apparent, but he yeah. no live contact for Jared Dokes the entire spring uh, because of his that shoulder. Was,
2: I mean, just for people that
0: have asked, that was – towards the end, that was definitely
2: 100% precautionary.
0: Yeah, and I talked to him about it several times just kind of in a joking fashion, and he's like, man, they just won't let me go. I'm ready, and it, but – why would you have him
2: go? Yes, Jared, they won't let you go because the season doesn't start for five months.
0: Right, why would you have him go and he takes one bad bump in practice, that shoulder wasn't completely ready for contact, and now, you know, he misses camp or misses the first three weeks of camp or whatever. Everything in your power. I mean, let's let's just rehash one thing from, from last season. Everybody generally loved Mike Boone and what he brought to the program. And this is not to take away from anything from Mike Boone at all in any way, shape, or form. When Mike Boone was in the game, he was at three and a half to four yards a carry. When Jared Dokes and Mike Warren had the ball, six yards a carry. Yeah.
2: Same line. It was a totally different offense.
0: And and a lot of that is because Dokes and, and Mike Warren um are guys that can run between the tackles. And they don't need space. They can run in a phone booth and, and make that one cut and 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 you know take the contact and, and next thing you know they're five yards downfield instead of having to, to you know catch the pass out in the flat or or catch a toss and, and be in space to try to make somebody miss or make something happen. They don't need space. Those two guys are, are old school running backs. And Warren got a lot of looks this spring. Uh, He eventually got nicked up and and missed the quote-unquote spring game. Uh, Taylor Boos was was out most of the spring as well. That gave Charles McClellan, he's got to be the happiest guy in the world that he got here as early as he did uh, as an early enrollee because, hell, he was kind of the workhorse throughout the spring.
2: He was. It was having a, a walk on that they moved from wide receiver to running back.
0: And I I liked what I saw from Charles McClellan. Now, well, he's not a between the tackles guy by any stretch of the imagination, but he's most certainly a guy that, that can can do some things um outside and, and use his speed and quickness to make plays happen um that that's unlike what you get from Dokes and Warren.
2: Right. I mean, I, I I envisioned his role this year as three to five touches a game, and you just hope he breaks a sixty-yarder. Yeah,
0: because order- he can do
2: it. We watched him. I watched him do it in the practice, right up the middle, untouched, sixty-yard touchdown. Yeah. I mean, I just think you got to use him. He's clearly different. Than what you have, and he's, he clearly is good enough to get on the field, so you got to use him. But when you got those other two guys, it's not like they're going to be able to use him a ton. Right. So I'm thinking three to five touches a game, and, and hope he does something special. Yeah,
0: and, and I wouldn't be shocked if he if he ended up redshirting. I think that depends on Boos um, and kind of the wild card in this thing as we get into the summer. Tavion Thomas, who yeah. Oh boy, we saw him at the Paul Brown Stadium scrimmage, and that does not look like a guy that signs with UC to play football. Normally, no. That was that was a dude. Like that was. He also doesn't look. He also doesn't look like a running back. He also doesn't look eighteen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's like that's that's what those. Upper echelon programs have We yeah, have guys that absolutely. look like him He was rolling around with Leonard Taylor Who looked like that as well it Was like man that, There's a different breed of athlete That is uh, finding its way to Clifton In the Luke Fickle era But uh, Running back is a very interesting room And if they can One they got to keep it healthy Because they had this problem in camp last year They had this problem in spring ball Again where you're down to two or three guys. Now I get that they take more of a beating and there's more precaution and it makes sense. Um but yeah, I, I was very uh very happy with what I did get to see from from both Warren and McClellan and when you add in Dokes and Boos and Tavion Thomas, uh I think I think the running back room is going to be just fine. I agree. Uh, offensively, wide receiver uh, I thought was a huge upgrade from the feelings I had about the position last year. Uh, I don't want to get too much into uh, position like guy by guy because this is going to end up being a two-hour podcast with the thirty minutes right. we did with Snow. But I thought there was much more separation. <laughs> I-, I thought the offense benefited greatly from having Khalil Lewis as an outside receiver as opposed to an inside receiver. I think that also allowed uh, for guys like um, um, Rashad Medeiros and Tyron Summers and Javon Hawes to to do what they do best on the inside. The biggest thing for this offense is going to be finding solidifying that second outside guy. Thomas Geddes is going to, to have the first crack at that because he's got the most experience. But uh, Trent Cloud uh, made some noise. Um, um, Malik Mudge made some noise at times. Marcel Paul made some noise at times. They need somebody to stretch the field at that second outside spot as well.
2: Yeah, I would just say, you know, comparing what we watched last spring to this spring, I just feel like there's there's a few more options. Last spring it was like Khalil Geddes as a true freshman sophomore. or whatever, sophomore. Sophomore with very limited that- experience. Yeah, and Devin Gray. Who I, I, I'm, and if we're being honest,
0: he didn't have the type of senior year that you thought he was capable oh, of.
2: Not even close. Uh, but, I mean, like, two springs ago, though, or last spring, that was kind of it. Right. No one, no one even, I would say, like, strung a couple good practices together. At least this spring, Khalil was solid the whole way through. And you, you saw enough from a, a multitude of guys to where I'm, I'm still not loving the situation, but I don't feel like I did last year.
0: Right. I feel a lot better because they were actually able to stretch the field and, and they weren't stuck playing in a 15-yard box um, that we saw last year. And then – that was something, if you followed Bearcat Journal, I, mean, I know we've got some new people. If you followed Bearcat Journal last spring and summer, that was my number one concern is the offense was having to operate everything within 15 yards. There was nothing that was stretching the field. And you just can't do that in today's college football and be successful. The defenses are too fast. The, 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 the way that things work, you're just not – you're not three yards in a cloud of dust moving the ball down the field anymore. That's not how the game is anymore. Um, Tight end. I thought Josiah DeGuara had a really good camp. Uh, Bruno LaBelle had his moments, I thought looked improved. Uh, Really liked what I saw as an in-line, uh, physical, tough guy from Wilson Huber. What'd you think?
2: Uh, I hope the usage in the spring translate to, to the season. I think when you are going to be the type of offense, I think they're going to be using the tight end. Can't just be lip service. They just don't have the receiving threats on the outside. And I think they really need to take advantage of having two guys that are kind of that H back, uh, New wave tight end, and then hopefully we get good things from Josh Wiley and maybe Leonard Taylor too. I mean, I just think they have to use them. It can't just be over oh, trying to, you know, we want to incorporate the tight end, throw them the ball. Yeah, this help is... your help your offensive line out, help your quarterback out, help your like actually throw them the ball.
0: Right. I also think this is a situation where you mentioned Wiley and Taylor. This position group could be the most drastically impacted by the freshman class as well.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: So, we'll see there. Offensive line. Um, I was pleased with what I saw from the first group. Especially when Jakari Robinson was at center that allowed Garrett Campbell to play guard. Um, with that group, I thought things looked pretty promising in terms of what Ron Crook has with his first team. The question is going to be what they develop uh, behind them. They're going to need some depth, and I don't feel great about the depth right now.
2: Uh, I don't feel anywhere near great about the depth, and I think Garrett Campbell's the most valuable player on the team. I, I won't. I won't
0: argue with that. I won't disagree with
2: that. I don't, he, think you, I don't think you're wrong. I he most valuable, most important. However you want to put it, he because they have no one else to come in at guard right now. And if anything were to happen to Dakari Robinson, he could play center. But so then you would me, need two guards. What's that? Then you would need an additional guard help. Right. That's why he's the most. I feel like he's the most important person.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I with Trout at tackle, I think they're going to be okay. And and well, they do. I, I liked what I saw from Morgan James. I thought he had a solid spring. Um, I did not, especially lining up over, um, Cortez Broughton and and Marquise Copeland. I didn't see him get abused, so I thought that no. was positive. And then you do have Keith Miner. As kind of that third guy, like if there is a, a, a tiny bit of depth, I think it's definitely with minor.
2: Uh, okay, but like again, I say this with not any like meanness or whatever, but he's been beaten out like three years in a row, and now he's been beaten out by a, a former hockey player.
0: Yeah, and I am not saying he's your. I feel good about him as if he's the the, the long term answer there. Just saying, at least there you've got one guy with some experience. That you've got a little bit of help at guard. Tackle, you've got Blake Yeager that's... I like Blake Yeager. I like Kyle Trout at right tackle.
2: There's... Nothing. What
0: what else at tackle?
2: Nothing right now. I mean, redshirt freshman, Vince McConnell... Who had a good spring, but I don't think he's ready. And Chris Chris Ferguson.
0: Ron Crook has uh, a lot of work ahead of him. He does.
2: And that's probably one of the things uh, I will be eagerly uh, waiting for your reports this fall is how quickly, if at all, maybe they don't. But how quickly Dylan O'Quinn and Colin Woodside are on the two deep of the offensive line? Those two are large. I mean, it's not. I mean, they they are, but it's not even like they almost have to be. Yeah, like they almost have to come on to that type of a level. Now, maybe they don't. I mean, because that's that's an unrealistic ask. I mean, when you really think about it, like you you almost never see true freshmen. Tackles. Offensive linemen. Unless you're guard, at Alabama.
0: Tackle,
2: maybe at Alabama
0: right. or Ohio State, but.
2: But usually you don't there either, though, because they have really good guys in front of them. Right. But, I, like, I mean, they got to find something right. else. No Unless. And if it's the. Those guys are going to get just as good a chance as anybody else. I agree.
0: Um. Defense. Let's kind of let's cruise through this one because I I don't think there's a lot of surprise defensively uh, up front. you no. you got Broughton. you line. It's
2: it's you got to show me. We've defensive end. You got to show me.
0: I thought they were. I want to see more. They were good against the run last year, unless, it, were, was, unless it was it was to the outside.
2: I need to see more. Like like we talked about how great Cortez is and how great Marquise Copeland is, I want to see more.
0: That's. I mean, that's fair. But I think they held their own. I don't think they were they were a problem last year. No, they were like, a problem, but like... Like, if you go back to the Navy game, everybody talks about how Navy ran all over them. When oh, Na- no, that,
2: that when, was on the DBs and the outside linebackers. When I mean, Navy ran up the middle, off, they ate them alive. They couldn't get off blocks. I mean, no, I'm not talking about... I'm just talking about, like, these dudes are seniors and we've been hyping them for a while now, and two years in a row we won't have 15 sacks. And granted, that's not all from defensive tackles. It's hardly ever from defensive tackles. But, like, if those are your two best players on defense, or at least on the defensive line, I need to see more. Yeah, and I need – the defensive end has
0: to produce. Right. And Kamani Fitz and the Kevin Millon
2: are going to get – same question we had going into the season last year. And they didn't. Yeah, And it's the same guys coming back. Minus the best guy,
0: Brian Wright, who's now at middle linebacker. He's now
2: playing linebacker.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I agree that the pass rush has to get better. Um, But we know defensively what the line – there's good depth there. Um, Marcus Brown, um, Curtis Brooks, uh, Malik Van has been playing some defensive end. Uh, towards the end of the spring, and I think that's probably where you're going to see him this year just because that's where the depth is needed the most. It'll be interesting to see what a guy like Ethan Tucky can give them with his athleticism. Um, you know, it's a guy that was running a sub 1100 meters uh, in high school, so uh, I thought he had a good spring, uh, and we'll see with them. You're right, the jury's out. Linebacker is going to be interesting. Uh, I think Malik Clemens has kind of solidified himself at one spot. Obviously, Perry Young. I've said obviously in this podcast three thousand times, Dave. <laughs> I haven't been podcasting for a month, so I'm uh, my crutch word is clearly obviously. I, I've said it a. Th- I mentioned it when I was talking to Snow. I've said it a thousand times in this podcast. I can't stop. I'm addicted to the word
2: obviously. Right. We'll we'll, g- we'll give you a, a reprieve for now, but uh, next time we're on, don't don't do it.
0: Middle linebacker is going to be interesting Joel Deblanco I thought had a, a good spring But Brian Wright was not Live uh, again a guy that was Recovering from surgery last from last season um, When Brian Wright well, is live How heavily does he Push for that middle well, linebacker Starting spot with the ones
2: Here's my thing I don't think they moved him from defensive into Linebacker to be the number two middle linebacker I agree Like, you have a team that can't get to the quarterback, and he's probably flashed more than anybody actually being able to get to the quarterback, and you're moving him to middle linebacker. Dropped you're him. not doing that. Dropped him you're to 248 not doing the,
0: pounds and moved him to middle, right. middle you're linebacker. You're not
2: doing that to be like, all right, you're going to play 15 to 20 snaps a game. Yeah. I think At least that's my t- I mean, like, that's my take. No, I don't, I I don't know, you. but... I agree.
0: Um, it'll, you know, Jarrell White uh, got to be a little bit frustrating for him to have Malik Clemens kind of move ahead of him at that that other outside linebacker spot opposite Perry Young. But there's going to be plenty of of opportunity for Jarrell White to get in the game. Uh, I I wouldn't just because a guy moved down and is a little bit more of what they're looking for in that spot. I don't think that, that takes away Jarrell White's ability to get on the field still and make plays as a sophomore.
2: No, I think it's getting your fastest, best 11 right. on the field. I think that's why you move Ryan Wright to middle linebacker, and I think that's why you move Malik Clements down from safety to weak side linebacker. Um, Defensive and back. And then we have this. We have the transfer that we haven't seen yet from yeah. Liberty, so we don't have any idea how, how he'll factor in. Defensive back, man, that's... <laughs> toss, toss a coin up in the air, man. I,
0: I will say I was very impressed with Kobe Bryant and Derek Forrest throughout the
2: spring. I mean, I should say corner. You said defensive back. My comment was more... yeah. Aimed at, at corner, not as much safety. Kobe yeah, Bryant, I, think,
0: I thought, was solid throughout the spring. I
2: think, no, I think, I think they have something with T.J. Johnson. He didn't play a ton because he got nicked up, but him and Kobe Bryant, I'm good with at corner. After that, I got no idea. I mean, I thought Christian Angulo had a, a pretty good spring. Angulo had a pretty good spring, I thought. No, Hamlin had a pretty good spring, I thought. Marquis Smith Uh, didn't
0: flash as much as I would like to have
2: seen. They had decent springs, but this is, again, we have to kind of couch it. UC is not Oklahoma's offense, and none of these guys have played
0: in a game. They keep scoring. In a game. Not a practice. Not practice. Not practice. In a game. We're talking about practice, man.
2: Practice. So, <laughs> we can like T.J. Johnson never played in a game. Kobe Bryant never played in a game. Noah him, never played in a game. I mean, I can just, I can keep going. I think everyone kind of gets gets yeah, the hint. We get your point, <laughs> bro.
0: No, I, I, um, I agree. It, that's... And you're going to have a, a freshman back at safety.
2: And, well, you might have sophomore. two freshmen because James Wiggins is going to play too.
0: Well, they both will be They'll be sophomores. Wiggins was a freshman last year. And yeah, but he didn't play. He was a redshirt freshman. Wasn't he a redshirt freshman last year? Yeah. He's inexperienced, he'll but he'll be a sophomore. He'll be a redshirt sophomore. Right.
2: But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, there's no, there's no game reps. Right. Well –
0: Chris Murphy was the guy that was in Chris that Murphy. spot until he got and, hurt. And
2: and you and you hope I think at least this is my hope that they can move Gilbert back to safety if they feel comfortable I don't with know man I, corner thought situation. Was, I thought he
0: looked really good at corner.
2: He did when they pressed. Yeah. He can't, he cannot play off coverage. So no. unless they're going to go press all the time, which I'm kind of okay with because they were awful playing off last year, and I don't know if that was just uncomfortable playing press with the group that they had, if that was what Willie Martinez, Marcus Freeman, and Luke wanted to do. I, we'll never know. Those are the kind of things that kind of annoys me as a fan that I catch myself trying to do. Like, oh, why don't they play press? As if it was just that simple. Like, okay, now start you know, guarding the receivers you know, right. from two yards away. Um, I'm hoping... That they do that because they did it a lot more this spring than I remember them doing last spring. Uh, but again, it's different when the game starts. Yeah, when the bullets arrive, full, it's a different story. There's eighty five thousand people there, and you're defending a and Chip you never Kelly played, offense. You've never played in the game before.
0: Yeah,
2: that's just that's my biggest concern. I like a lot of individual parts, but as a collective, I mean outside of Marquise Smith, Terrell Gilbert, Chris Murphy, none of them have played.
0: Yeah. The talent is there and that's that's where the you know, and where do where do the, the freshmen fit in? Where does does Javon Hicks fit in? Where does Arquan Bush fit in?
2: Another the, reason why the defensive line as a bunch of seniors needs to show up.
0: Yep. No question. Special teams, I feel good. James Smith is a probably beast. The, probably the best unit on the team right now. James Smith is a beast, and Cole Smith, I, I really like the the way the ball comes off his foot. We'll see what it what it translates to in games, but that kid's got some pop when the ball comes off and has a chance to be a really good one um, as long as he's able to, to avoid... The things that mess up a kicker's brain, which God knows how that yeah. works. But I I mean, James Smith had a monster spring. He might be my MVP of the whole team from spring. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, well, it, last year, what did we see? We saw. Yeah, but what, like, even last year in practice, he was kicking the ball really high, and he was kicking it like 42 yards, and he was making yeah. sure that. Definitely,
2: he that... definitely needed distance to sacrificing head time.
0: Now he's kicking it really high and 50 yards, 53 yards. Like, I'll take that. I, I was, I, he just, some of his kicks this spring were like, oh my. That is what it looks like when a six foot four, two hundred and forty pound human really gets his leg into a ball. Yeah. But I think that about wraps it up. I, I think uh, I think we we've covered what we wanted to cover. There are definitely some questions as we head into the summer. Um, I, I don't know that the, that anything was quote unquote answered in the spring, but. I think they they moved in the right direction on a lot of things and they, they gave reps to the guys that they felt they needed to give reps to. Um especially Derek Forrest, Kobe Bryant, um, some of the young guys. I thought Trent Cloud got a lot of reps, uh, to get him up to speed. Um so we'll see. I mean it's it's gotta be six and six, seven and seven, Dave. They've gotta get some momentum going forward.
2: Yeah, I mean that's that's the baseline this year. I mean and not nothing's changed, you know seeing three practices and reading reading your stuff and talking to you and spring practice is definitely a different format, vibe than fall practice. Yeah. So um but that's I haven't really changed anything that I thought going in after seeing what I saw I mean they're I'm still you know they're a they're a six win team uh, or they they need to be a six win team because they're not they can't uh, at some point in the American Conference you can't recruit off of your past two recruiting classes if you keep going four and eight.
0: No question, I, I agree. You can pull Dr. that off. Clearly. You can pull that off eighty miles
2: down the road, yeah. somehow. Never,
0: ever winning in the SEC, ever. Right. And, and not ever. having anyone drafted in the the twenty eighteen NFL draft.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But right. that don't fly in the, in the AAC. No.
0: All right, man. That's gonna wrap it up. Thanks for uh, taking some time out of your busy uh, driving range schedule. Oh yeah. <laughs> Get back to watching some Super. NBA basketball. Big NBA guy, Dave Simone.
2: I am. I got the uh, the Cavaliers and the Raptors on right now.
0: I'm getting ready to turn that on here shortly. I, I've had my back to the TV, so I haven't been able to pay attention to it. But it was good to be back on the microphone, obviously. <laughs> Ding. That's right. Add another one to the list. Um, good to be back on the microphone. Good to have Brian Snow on talk some basketball recruiting and good to have Dave Simone on to kind of put a lid on spring football and look towards uh, what needs to happen as this team goes from the end of spring football in the middle of April to the start of summer camp in August. That's going to wrap it up. We're
2: we're getting close to Cruton season.
0: Cruton season's coming up in June. I should be off uh, house duty by that point in time, so I I should be good to go for... uh, for football camps in June, Kelly's doing good. For anybody wondering, numbers are coming up. She is uh, she's milking it, Dave. She's milking it on me.
2: Well, I, th- I think she uh, she has has the right. She absolutely has the
0: right. <laughs> she absolutely deserves it. But it's just been uh, it's been funny. It's been funny. She can't she can't do she can't do laundry because the clothes are dirty. So that would be germs. She's had a stem cell transplant, so obviously she can't have any germs um, because her body is her immune system is not great and then so I was just joking with her I was doing the laundry today Um, I was like well the I got to take Kelsey the tumbling uh, so the dryer's running and when the dryer's done you can can bring those up and she's like oh I was like well they're 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 clean you know you're you're allowed to touch those They, they don't have any germs on them she's like yeah the doctor said that uh I really shouldn't be doing any housework at all and I was like, I I don't I wasn't there for that. <laughs> so I said, I'd like to see some documentation. I, I was I was not there when the doctor said that. She's like, Yeah, you must have gone to the bathroom or stepped out when uh, when they told me that. But uh, I'm not. You were you know, going to
2: get some front. You must have been going to get some fresh air. Yeah,
0: I was going to get some ice water at the vending machine or at the uh, the ice machine because they've got that Frisch's ice at the hospital. Oh yeah. Morning. Oh, that stuff is great. Um, but. Yeah, I missed that, but she she says there's no housework, so I still uh, I've still got another week or two before I'm uh, off of uh, house duty. So, yeah. <laughs> but I should be good to go by June. Unfortunately, it's just keeping me out of uh, of uh, spring recruiting in April and May for basketball. But I'll be back on the road in July for that, and I will be at camps in June for football. Um, and she's doing well. Thanks to everybody for all the, uh, the thoughts and well wishes. And you would, uh, you would very much enjoy to know that she's making it difficult on me, which is, I guess, exactly what she should be doing. That's right. Much to my dismay. <laughs> He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Thanks to B snow, Brian snow, national recruiting analyst for 24 seven sports.com for coming on. And, uh, that wraps it up. It's been a while. It was good to be back. We went long, uh, but that's Okay. It it, it had been a while, and we had a lot of catching up to do. Thanks to everybody for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast on (laughs) BearcatJournal.com.